Welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I am Mike Masnick. Once again, I want to thank all of you for your recent feedback and comments. We're trying our best to come up with interesting topics each week. So if you have any thoughts on discussions you think we should have, please let us know. Back in the 1990s, some people discussed how content was king on the internet, and there was a bit of a bubble in funding various internet media properties like Salon and Slate that still exist but never really took over the world. Then, for a while, investors stayed away from content plays, arguing that the real money was in platforms, not in the content itself. However, in the last few years, a new crew of content companies have sprung up, often with very big ambitions. And lately, they've been able to raise lots of money. BuzzFeed, Vox, Business Insider, and Mashable have all taken funding rounds lately that were unthinkable a decade ago. Well, this is very interesting for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is that we're in the content business ourselves. One thing that struck me is how many of these funding announcements focused on the proprietary content management systems and other technology that these companies have in place or that they are continuing to build. Vox has a content management system called Chorus that lots of people talk about. BuzzFeed proudly discusses how it built its entire system from scratch, both the content management system and the analytics packages. Mashable, which started on WordPress but then built out its own system on top of that, used its recent funding announcement to talk about how it would use the money to invest in its own proprietary technology called Velocity, which isn't so much a CMS, but more of a tool for predicting when things go viral. Business Insider doesn't seem to talk about its own content management system quite as much, but has said that it basically rolled its own as well. Here's the thing that's interesting to me. At TechDirt, we've basically been using our own homegrown content management system for years, We started way back in 1998 using the only blogging software that we could find at the time. This was before blogging was even a word. And the software that we used was Slashcode version 0.3, which at the time powered Slashdot. And it was a complete mess of Perl code that Dennis, the guy sitting to my right this very second, somehow massaged into a working site. Since then, tons of different blogging platforms have come and gone, and over time, we basically moved off of Slashcode and onto our own proprietary platform. And for years, everyone told us what a stupid idea it was to have our own homegrown system, that it was an incredible liability rather than a good thing. Not only does it mean that anyone new we have working on the technology has to learn everything from scratch, but it also means that we can't make use of some of the cool apps, plugins, and other developments that others are building for, for the various open platforms. And this is why we've actually been planning to move to WordPress for some time, though there's a lot of heavy lifting to move a site that is nearly 20 years old to an entirely new platform. I asked around on Twitter a few weeks back why there was so much attention given to these other proprietary platforms and got back a variety of answers. Some pointed out that these companies felt they needed to have something proprietary so that they could try to to attract investment at technology company multiples rather than media company multiples. Someone else said that these proprietary platforms are more real-time, but no one could explain what that even meant, and I have no idea. 
Someone who worked on the Vox Chorus platform said that other platforms couldn't rapidly build networks of tightly coupled media brands and communities. And again, I'm not entirely sure what this means. Now, having lived with this one on TechDirt, I can say that there are some advantages to having your own system. It certainly gives us tremendous flexibility, but frankly, the downsides and not being able to incorporate the work of others really holds that back sometimes. To discuss this today are Hirsch Reddy and Dennis Yang, and we're going to start with Dennis because he not only set up the original version of TechDirt and then helped us move to our own current proprietary system today, but he also encouraged us to look at moving to WordPress or other platforms years ago. So is the hype today about proprietary systems a lot of hot air, or do you think these sites have a good reason to focus on proprietary solutions? Yeah, so, so basically I remember way, way back when, when we were first kind of migrating from slash code and deciding what to do. Yeah. And you know, that, that was probably back in 04, 05 probably. Somewhere around there, yeah. Um, gosh, like 10, 10 years ago. Time flies. Um, and at that time, like, I mean, um, Matt Mullenweg was actually at that time a coworker of mine had seen that. And we were discussing it, and I was, we were all getting ready, basically, to kind of look into it. Um, but for one reason or another, um, we decided to roll our own. And, yeah. the, and it was actually, in, in, if I remember correctly, it was, 10 years, it was over 10 years ago now. Um, it was mainly because the migration of the content yes. into the new system, we, you know, there was no slash to WordPress, you know, press of a button thing. <laughs> and... Right. It we would have been a mess. It would have been a mess. And basically rolling our, rolling our own using the existing kind of content as it was stored in the database just seemed like a better and easier decision at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, in retrospect, I think, Mike, you and I kind of talked maybe a few weeks ago, and I was, I was kind of looking back, and you know, one, one, of, one of the regrets, I was like, what would have happened mm-hmm. you know, if, if on that, in that project, and it only took, you know, a few, maybe a month or two to kind of roll that, that new system. Mm-hmm. Which um, is great, by the way. And, and <laughs> I, I mean, you know, we've been relying on that system for years, and, and there are a lot of features to it that I really right. like and I haven't seen in other platforms. And, and the, the biggest custom feature that I saw that was missing from WordPress at the time um, was kind of the existence, the, this concept that we have called the, the writing room, mm-hmm. right? Where basically it's a multi-author system where in, that incorporates kind of workflow, you know, stories come, story pictures come in. They're written. Um, the team looks at them, edits them. It goes back and forth, etc. Until at some point, the story is done and gets published. Right. right? Um, and that's one of the the kind of integral parts of if you've ever written for TechDirt or people that write for TechDirt kind of are introduced to the this writing room as that that's kind of one of the key pieces of the the content management system system mm-hmm. that we had put together. But what I was wondering was that you know what if we we really had kind of buckled down and said, you know what, we're going to do this in WordPress. WordPress has a fantastic kind of plug-in uh, infrastructure, and we're going to build the writing room into WordPress. Right. And then everything else that WordPress is great at, you know, publishing, et cetera, um, we can essentially leverage, right? Yeah. And then the pieces that we, we built, that we need for ourselves, we build as a, as, as a plug-in. Yeah. Um, and I do really wonder if that was kind of a pivotal fork in the road that we decided to take to build our own, right? Which means that we have a fantastic system that we love right. at TechDirt, 
that no one else uses. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's the um, other thing too, right? I mean, if, if we had done it on WordPress and still right. built the writing room ourselves, we also could have released it out into the world and other people right. could have made use of it. And, you know, you know there's, now there's Word, WordPress multi-user and, and multi-site, et cetera. And that really does fascinate me if I could rewind the clock, <laughs> develop the writing room in the WordPress ecosystem, yeah. right? Um, and then, then what happens, right? Then... Then maybe Mashable would still be on it because they're they're like you know what this right this writing room plugin that we we we've grown to love and 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 use is really part of WordPress and we we like it right so who knows so that that is that is a big big question that I have for myself and 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 so just one of the other things that I noticed personally is that a lot of times when we were making decisions not just on the overall platform but even like elements of it or pieces that we wanted to to build into our system. We would look around and there would be nothing out there. And then we would build it, right. you know, ourselves from scratch. And then six months later, almost, right. you know, almost exactly every time that functionality would show up in WordPress or some other things. Right. Not always the same way that we implemented it and, and not always as good, but sometimes better. And over time there would be improvements and then we would always sort of end up being kind of behind the times a little bit. Right. So, or, or ahead of the times. Well, we the we time, wanted yeah. the sure. feature before it was ready and then six months to a year later, it appears. Right. So here's the thing. The grass is always greener. Right? <laughs> you, you, you guys happen to have rolled your own set of, of, of tools, sure. right? And, and this happens over and over again in tech, and it's not just in publishing, right? When you have a choice between an external tool and an internal tool, at right. the end of the day, it actually boils down to, to one sort of axis of headaches, right? Mm -hmm. And on the one really extreme, when you adopt someone else's tool, a lot of times portions of that technology work from the point of view of your own engineers, as a sort of magic. They don't quite <laughs> understand everything that's going on in the code. It's usually a huge code base because it's not doing exactly what your organization wants. It's doing a whole bunch of stuff that an entire community wants to do. Right. So when you want to add something really simple, like your common community edit room, it might seem like a very straightforward thing to do in right. your own package. It's very complicated to do sometimes in, a, in, in, an, in another architecture like WordPress. Although WordPress right. does have plugins, so it might be a little bit simpler. But even then, I would suggest sometimes there'd be some weird edge cases. Right, but, but I think that that's that's the the frustration I have when I'm when I'm engineering or when someone talks to me about something, whenever they come to me with and start the question with, "Hey, how how hard would it be to, blah blah blah, whatever," that to me is I I, I always take a pause there because I'm just like, <laughs> how hard is not it's not the right question. And right? I, like, I, I I'll, let me put my hand up here virtually for the people listening because I. <laughs> Often went to Dennis with that question <laughs> because the, the the problem isn't or or even worse is is it possible to to do this <laughs> also right? guilty right. and as an engineer you know the answer to is it possible is always yes right right but is it possible and would it be a good idea to do this on a long term basis you know what separating ourselves from updates of you know this huge developer community etc yeah. you have to make sure you're framing the question properly and I think that. Um, one of the things that when people look at something like a WordPress or, for example, something on the e-commerce side like a Shopify, you're like, hey, how come it doesn't have this seemingly simple solution? It's because, you know, when you're developing a product that serves the needs of millions of customers, um, it's very, very different to make a decision that to implement a so-called simple feature, which then has several ramifications down the line, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know... And it's interesting because now I've, I've done a few companies since TechDirt now, and for the most part, 
the prototype that I build a lot of times is using WordPress mm-hmm. um, for many things. And then at some point, I, I reluctantly have decided again to, to roll my own CMS. And, right. and I, I'm still trying to figure out why I keep going down that path. But it's exact, Hirsch, it's, it's this exact kind of like tension between trying to shoehorn what you're trying to do into the, an existing platform versus spending the resources to develop a custom solution, which a lot of times you, it's great you get exactly what you want, but the problem is you got exactly what you wanted and <laughs> um, you have to pay for it. You know, but there's some advantages too, right, of using something like WordPress. Because you're using something that has such a large community, it's mm-hmm. easier to get engineers to work piecemeal on things. Right. It's easier to get a host that really knows how to run the back end for you and things like that versus your very custom thing that you've done. On the flip side, I think when you take something that is that old and mature, the expectation of you as sort of the owner of a business is that, hey, this thing is old. It must be like really <laughs> battle-tested, right? right? But sometimes it's actually with software, it's the exact opposite. Rather than being sort of battle-tested, you have all these little weird corner cases that no one has really exercised, and they're all potential security headaches, right? Sure. Because this thing has been growing for years. And in, in, in that sort of a situation, I mean, I can totally understand people like Mashable and BuzzFeed, et cetera, being like, look, for us, technology is like is not just this 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 you know thing that our reporters use every day. It's like this this point of like 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 competitiveness, right? Sure. Like, of like a real edge for us. Like get you know whether it is com, you know collaboration tools or getting stories out faster or just presenting uh, related stories to users or something like that in some very specific way. They want to do things and be able to modify things very quickly with the engineering team they have, mm-hmm. and they want to be able to choose. The you know something as as simple as the, the the programming language. If you choose WordPress, you're stuck with PHP, right? Like, right? right? And and like, I mean, nobody starts a project today and says, "Hey, I'm going to use PHP," right? Maybe except for <laughs> Facebook. But but like, most people are like, yeah. "We're going to use Go. We're going to use something, you know, right. something else," right? I mean, uh, I think that I I I wonder if that's very kind of valley centric. Like, I yeah, think PHP, PHP is no, that they made it very valley centric. Yeah, Actually, is, that, is that'd alive be, and well for for like it or not, you know. No, and, worse, I mean, it's so. funny too because right. So I even you know I brought up in the intro and then you brought it up too, like this idea that like so if you use WordPress, um, you know, it's easier to to attract engineers because you know people know WordPress. But then you know when I brought this up on Twitter, somebody actually made the exact opposite point, which was that oh you know the reason all these these companies are building their own is because engineers want to work on something cool and new and they don't want to work on the same old thing that they worked on before. You, you know, actually, I, sh- I should actually concede to what, say De- what Dennis said. It is a very Valley-centric thing. If you want to get these, like, prima donna programmers, <laughs> divas, uh, yeah. then, then you, you, need to, you can't be doing this work. They want to make their own thing. On the other hand, if you just want people that show up work and get your site working, it's probably right. right. PHP is probably... It's not very fancy or, you know, like, sexy that way, but... Right. But, but here's a, here's but it works. A, it it which works. Is, which well, is kind of what a PHP developer... It, 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 well, it quote-unquote works. Here's, here's the thing with, with language like PHP, right? Like, like new technology, even regardless of what fun people poke at, like Silicon Valley companies, right? Uh-huh. Like, like, new technology usually comes about because of some fundamental issue with old technologies, right? And, and, and one of the things people found with making these really large systems using PHP and things like that is that it's, it's, it's quite hard to run a large team using mm-hmm. languages like PHP or even Python to some extent, right? Like these untyped languages because um, they allow you to make a lot of a whole class of mistakes that you can't make with sort of stricter, uh, sure. maybe more trendier languages, right? W- w- you know, so, so that 
to some extent might make it so that in the long run, your organization maybe runs a little more smooth, smoothly, has less breaks in it. This is all, you know, this is all like big theoretical, right? Like I, I have no idea. Like I have, I haven't seen, any, I, I haven't seen any like real hard data that shows, you know, like that PHP websites are going to necessarily be have more faults per, you know, but that's thousand lines of code. Part of the reason you're on the podcast is your willingness to go yeah. off on something without having seen the data. Yeah. So, so I, I don't think the data exists. That's the problem, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think there might be one. There might be one. There might be one. But, but I mean, you know, to some extent, like, let me go, like, the real extreme in the other direction. Okay. Right? Like, there's a whole research project in, uh, in Oxford University, I think it is, where these guys are creating these things called unikernels, right? Which are basically, instead of having an entire operating system and, and writing uh, uh, an application in something like PHP that then runs on, t on top of some... Uh, a web server, which then runs on top of an operating system. Actually, excuse me, that then runs in, in, on some operating system in a virtual machine and all these things. Rather than all that, you write this piece of code that doesn't even run on an operating system. It runs exactly on the bare metal, right? And it's called right. a unikernel. Mm -hmm. And it does exactly one thing, the one thing that your website needs it to do. It doesn't run a whole operating system. It has a much smaller surface area that people can hack. Um, and... They on top of that they make they make you write the application in this in this really esoteric language called OCaml, which is like is is very good at uh, writing you know verifiably correct code in a okay. sense. So you make like these military grade applications you just can't be hacked, right? And and it seems like a good idea to a lot of people because it, they create these basically web servers that are like you know one thousandth the size of a conventional web server, and they and they're they're so fast that you can uh, you get so much efficiency out of them, etc. But the problem is with those things is you go out there and you try to get two programmers tomorrow to help you build this thing. You won't find them. Right. Right. You literally have to go to Oxford University <laughs> or maybe find like some, some, some guy in his basement in Silicon Valley that hasn't already been hired by Google or Facebook. You know, some genius who's, who's who really obsessed loves, with, right, with this right. kind of stuff. It's called Mirage OS, by the way, if anybody wants to Google it. But, um, you know, those, those, I, but having said that, those are the kinds of technologies, like, you know, at one point, Python, which is one of the most popular languages now, right, right for the web, mm -hmm. was like this really rare thing to the extent that people would say, hey, you know how you can identify a really good programmer? Look to see if there's Python on his resume. And that used to indicate, wow, this guy's really into programming languages and therefore hire him, right? right. And now look, like, like 10 years later, or even seven years later, it's like the exact opposite. Everyone's got Python. It's taught in all the universities. And so I think in the same way, those really weird... Things like Mirage OS that seem like ridiculous will be in the future like sort of ubiquitous. And then when you're on something like WordPress where it's really hard to pull your data off of it, you know, uh, you're going to be kind of stuck in like dinosaur like. <laughs> you know, like, like when you look at a website like, let's say, LexisNexis, the uh -huh. local website, yeah. or, or, or Westlaw, they have these really archaic websites with like this, like uh, maybe they've improved it since I was, went to law school, but they, they look like they're throwbacks, right? Mm -hmm. And and you wonder why, and it's because they, they're built on all these old proprietary, uh, you know, these, these frameworks, and, they, and it's hard to pull your data out. Right. You know, so, but, you know, so it, making the technology choice that sounds really ridiculous today might actually be the right thing to do in some ways. Well, it depends if the, if the, the approach, I mean, assumedly the approaches that we're making now have evolved, you know, right. since we've been doing this 10, 10 20 years ago. Um, so, I mean, the, the first version of, of TechDirt was written, was, you know, that code was written before MySQL had a concept of, of a key, 
yeah, right. um, which is a very fundamental concept in a relational database. Um, and that said, you know, all the new, the new projects I'm doing now are basically storing data in like NoSQL databases, which is fab, right. like amazing because you can just change kind of schemas on the fly, which is really great. Um, now we're getting super technical here, but no, but, but, but my, yeah. I mean, the, the question is, you know, like I don't, I'm not a dogmatic kind of language programming language person by any means. Um, you know, I've, I've done PHP, now I've done Ruby, I've, now, I'm, now I'm working in Node, Node.js, and like, I just do what works, right? right. And for me, that, that's kind of the, the, biggest, so, the, big, the biggest question that I'm trying to solve, which is what's the most efficient way to solve a problem today without, and typically I'm building new, brand new companies, so I'm hoping that my code is still around 10 years from when I write it, and right. I guess... Yay. <laughs> in my case, <laughs> with TechDirt, um, it is. But, you know, for better or for worse. And in some cases, I mean, it's good. But, so yeah. going, but going back to this point, right, do, do, do you, either of you think that any of these, the media companies specifically that I'm talking right. about, are realistically getting any true advantage from building a proprietary system? I mean, they need to spend that money that they just raised. Right, <laughs> right. But, but that's the question. Is it just for the sake of, of raising the money? You need an excuse to go out and raise money. I'm sure they're getting some value. The, really, yeah. the, the question is, is are they getting enough value that it offsets all the other you know, headaches? Right. You know, that's like, and, and I think that basically it's like, maybe, right? <laughs> um, sure. And they have maybe just enough rope you know, with which to hang themselves. Um, if they if they didn't have those resources, right? Mm -hmm. Would would you choose to spend money on more content and better writers, or would you spend money on trying to rearchitect your entire technical backend and your CMS, right? Right. That those are the kinds of questions that I would expect, and, you know, and you know, to, to be asking extent. if I were an investor, be like, hey, we're going to give you a bunch of these, you know, bunch of money. Really, is is spending the money on your platform? And be better served than than spending it on your content or 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 your marketing or promotion or something, right? right. Yeah, um, and some some of that just gets to what investors look to invest in, and a lot of it is you know platforms and stuff. And even like you know when right. when the investment in BuzzFeed was made, um, you know one of the investors, Chris Dixon, talked about how you know he really viewed BuzzFeed as a technology platform yeah. rather than a content company. I mean, CNET rolled out. Do you remember a vignette? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Way back when? I do. Um, All too well. I, I had a used vignette at one point. But we're we're running out of time, so let, let's do sort of final wrap-up thoughts in terms of um, proprietary versus open systems for uh, content management or, or for other platforms. Um, I think I talked about enough random <laughs> random gibberish today probably I'll, I'll maybe make one last solid point which is um, you know one other thing to keep in mind is the fact that um, you know from a security point of view when you're when you're rolling your own thing mm -hmm. uh, on the one hand your stuff is obscure and so that you you know people won't necessarily know if there's any vulnerabilities versus when you're on something like WordPress everybody finds out on day one that there's a you know some kind of vulnerability and everyone has to run and patch it before right. you know all the script kitties jump on your website and wreck you know cause mayhem. On the other hand, it gets fixed then, and then you can be confident, whereas you never know all the bugs that are right. on yep. your own proprietary thing. So that's something to keep in mind as well. That's one last point. Yeah, I mean, from where, where, where I sit, you know, there's, there's so much amazing code out there, and you know, WordPress in particular is one of, my, one of my favorite platforms on which to build. Um, to build your own, you really have to take a hard look as, to, as far as, like, do, I, do you really, really, really need to, to be building in a complete system? And 
and why not just stand on the shoulders of giants and and yeah. that way you can focus on truly building your business and not you know not every company most companies that I'm seeing today are not technology companies and there's no need to be and that's kind of the amazing thing like imagine if you had to rebuild the whole internet for every new company you're building now that that's ridiculous right, right? so um, and that way you can focus on solving the the problems that you actually have and not the ones that you kind of wish you really had you wish you had right so <laughs> yeah um, yeah. And and I see that, and and so my my final thoughts I think are along the same lines, and that I think that it's it's interesting, but some of it I think is really just trying to justify the the money that that was raised. Yeah. And that said, I love I'd love to take a look at their platforms yeah. and see what they've done. Yeah, I mean it would be interesting. And again, you know, I mean, and some of them now talk about like you know planning to license their platforms out, and there's been rumors about Vox doing that for a while, and even like the Washington Post is now talking about licensing out their content management system, and who knows what. But you know, the thing that I wonder is you know when those those platforms are limited to the developers that they've hired, even if they're funded by lots of venture capital money. You know, five years from now, we're going to be talking about how all of these companies are held back by their proprietary systems, whereas other companies that have leapfrogged them right. are able to. Yeah, do but more. will they? They won't leapfrog them on WordPress. I mean, they'll leapfrog them on some other new thing. It's, that came it's out, ent- right? entirely possible. Yeah, that, yeah I, I, I don't deny that. But I wonder if we'll be hearing stories of, you know, the migration that Vox has to do to some new platform five years from now when they outgrow Chorus or something. Anyways, uh, that's it for today. Uh, This was a fun discussion, a little bit different, and thanks for joining us. Bye. It's been said that the first casualty of war is truth, and I'm inclined to agree. Listen, we live in an age of instant information, so isn't it strange that things have been hidden away from us? Governments think we need to gain their trust, but it's the other way around. Just take a look. Nothing tells us more than war data does, so it's important it's all available to us. Plus, put up for debate and looked at by the public's gaze, because there's a lot more to be.